As always, thank you for listening to Caleb vs. Self. This is actually a re-upload of episode number two with my brother Chad. Uh, We cover a few things, the strenuous life and a belief in a higher power, naturalism, memories of a Baptist church, and a couple of lies, Uh, self-driven life and the passion to drive along, and struggling to get moving in the importance of community. There's a whole bunch of stuff that we cover. Uh, It's just being re-uploaded. I'm having and hearing a lot of people are just struggling with this episode in particular. So here is it in full, in its entirety, unbroken, uh, Chad Dunham, my brother, on Caleb versus Self. Screaming G money or whatever. Listen, we don't need to reference the prior attempt. There's no need for that. It, it was hysterical. So, uh, again, thanks for coming out here. I know of it's a bit of a drive for you. Uh, right now, I am speaking with Chad, uh, my youngest brother. In the first episode, we talked to the second brother, which is Cyril. Um, the biggest reason why I wanted to talk to you today, and the thing that I hear the most from both of our uh, significant others is that for whatever reason, apparently we have very similar outlooks on life, meaning, and purpose, and how sometimes it drives us to a let's call it a mildly nihilistic state from time to time, where you start questioning a lot of things. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? Where am I going? That sure. type of thing. And what intrigues me about that is is although we have similar questions, I think we go about it in different ways. And I think what's unique about it is. I, well, I shouldn't say that it's unique. It's not. I think most people have the same questions we do, and I just want to take the opportunity to see how it is that you kind of work through those mental exercises, mm. whether it be your relationship, whether it's work, whatever it is that you tend to be, uh, and I tend to get like kind of nihilistic or, or skittish about, I guess, for lack of a better word. Sure. I mean, it's 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 a lot to unpack here for sure. Um, I guess my first, what, what do you mean by, what do you mean by nihilistic is what I would ask. So when you stop there, you look up at the night sky, for example, you might be a little drunk, maybe a little, you know, sure. Medicated, let's say. Sure. Sure. Uh, sometimes there seems to be a moment that strikes you. That's like, Hey, shit. Like this is a lot. Life is a lot. There's a lot going on. I'm not sure what the hell I'm doing or where I'm going. Yeah. And for me, it, it generally applies to my job. And it happens in about a year and a half to two year cycles where I do something uh, professionally um, for that about that amount of time when I feel like I've learned everything I can learn and there's nothing left to learn and I'm no longer making the impact that I thought I would make and I become disillusioned with what I'm doing and mm. then... And then that's where all the questions start rolling in. Well, if this job, like I can't do this job for the next 30, 40 years until sure. I retire. There's no way. I'll, ki- I'll fucking shoot myself. <clears throat> um, but then it leads into <clears throat> other questions. Well, if I can't do this for 30 or 40 years, well, what the hell am I going to do? And then you start weighing your options. And then that's when you feel like you realize, wait a minute, I don't have necessarily a college level education. I don't have sure. doors open to me that other people might. I got kids to might. feed. I, right. I mean, I got health insurance. All of a sudden you're sure. on this downhill spiral where you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And this is scary as fuck. And, yeah. And although the difference I think for you is obviously you don't have kids and, and you aren't uh, as old as I am at this point. But 
I feel like there's very similar kind of thought processes to mm-hmm. what am I doing? Just to be clear, I will never be as old as you are at any given point. <laughs> Just True. to be clear. Sure, sure. Consequences of mathematics for sure. <laughs> um Yeah, it's it's it is interesting because well, for me, let's rewind it a bit, right? It For me, it starts at worldview. It okay. starts at your base level understanding of what the universe is, of what reality is, of what the human experience is, right? And what you believe about those things, to me, underpins your day-to-day or your week-to-week or your month-to-month. And... It's interesting because we both grew up Baptist Christian. Yeah. And I don't know when you shed that belief. I shed that belief. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'm interested sometime, to hear it because I remember specifically, yeah. I'll say this. When you yeah. were joining the military, you were 17, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they asked you to list a religious belief, which is interesting. I don't know why that's necessary. Uh, burial purposes. Okay. Fair enough. That's a little morbid, but practical. That makes sense. I mean, especially if you're combat. I mean, come on. But you listed non-affiliation? I listed non-denominational. Non-denominational. What does that mean? Uh, That means essentially Protestant, but not a specific, Ah. you know, I'm not Baptist or Methodist or, you know, all the other ones that are out there. It's just more I'm Protestant. So at the time, I totally misunderstood that. Sure. Because I remember mom and dad making a little bit of a deal about it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I assumed it meant you were non-religious. So originally, I was going to go with no affiliation. Okay. And that was where the pushback kind of occurred. And from mom I, and dad? From mom and dad. From uh, specifically mom. Right. And that's where the agreement was, is fine, I'll put non-denominational instead <laughs> gotcha. of Baptist, which is what mom is. Wow, I'm glad we corrected that. I've been wrong about that for like 12 <laughs> well, years. Well, you're not necessarily now. wrong because that was the original thought, was for me to gotcha. put no affiliation. Sure. Because... At the time, is that how you felt at the time at seventeen? Yes, I that you were irreligious, I, or you were just not particularly that religious? I was irreligious. Okay, so you weren't entirely wrong. Okay, what you were wrong about was the non-denominational as opposed to non-affiliated. Um, I, at that time, I didn't know what atheism was. I didn't know what agnostic was. I, I wasn't really well versed in sure what it meant to not have a religion. What I was for a seventeen-year-old. Versed in mm-hmm. was religions like Islam, Buddhism, sure, obviously all the sects of Christianity, and that's because of our father. Yes, he was very well, open bo- about both of them. But Dad was the, he was the real driver of like, yo, get up at six a.m. We're having devotion on a Wednesday. Yeah, and it's yes, like, can but, I just sleep in, please? To his credit, though, he also was. Hey, look at some other ones. I don't remember that he did for me. And that might have just been situational. That might have been him recognizing that I'm not about this. This ain't for me. So I think for him it was, all right, fine. Then instead of telling you this is the religion, I'm going to let you look at other religions and determine for yourself that my religion is still the right religion. I will give him credit for that then. I think the goal was for for me to cycle back to Baptists. Sure. By virtue of showing like, you go how ahead, long everything else is. Take a tour. So I don't want to give we'll him see you too in a much month. credit. Yeah, sure. Yeah. sure. Um, but I remember he handed, he showed me a book on, um, <clears throat> what was it, Taoism? Mm. Uh, I do remember reading briefly about Buddhism. I do remember reading quite a bit about Islam. And the reason for that was because 
I was joining the army in high school. So I I officially joined the army this this summer going into my senior year. Mm -hmm. So I spent senior year reading a lot about Islam because I figured I would be deploying to Iraq. Like that was the assumption. So I might as well become a little more versed in that religion. Okay. So that's kind of where that came from. But at the time I didn't understand atheism or, you know, being agnostic, for example. Okay. Um, so when would you say that you, cause I, I don't know how you would define yourself right now, but for me, and I've spent way, way, way too much time and energy into developing what it is I believe and how I would define myself. Okay. And like definitions are fairly arbitrary. You get more into the meat of something when you truly ask somebody like what exactly they believe. But. If I were to define myself right now, I would say, first and foremost, I'm a secular humanist. And secondly, I am an agnostic atheist. So if you want me to break those down for you, I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So secular humanist, secular obviously meaning worldly. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't place any value in anything that's like superstitious I don't place anything that value into anything you would consider like supernatural. Like for me, um, I'm very evidence-based. And if you ask me to ultimately place belief into what it is you're trying to sell me, I'm going to tell you to go away. Okay. But humanism is essentially the belief that like human beings are complex and they have a lot of potential and the focus should be on maximizing that potential as far as I understand it. Okay. Secondly, agnostic atheist, agnosticism is a position of this is, um, it's it's essentially a consideration on whether or not you can know something. It's a philosophical term, right? Okay. Agnosticism is um, you, it's, it's a position on knowledge, right? Like the early philosopher, philosophers, Jesus Christ, they were cons- ironic you say jesus christ okay <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'm christian uh they were concerned with how can you know what you know mm-hmm. right like there's this whole brain in the vat type of idea like the matrix right you don't know that you know the things around you you can only know that yourself is aware right but philosophers were concerned about how you know knowledge and for me like uh or or technically agnosticism is a position on knowledge so for me i don't know that atheism is correct but that's that's it's it's a position that oh god how do i describe this i've spent so much time and energy like involving myself in these these fields that i i should be more well versed but it's essentially a position on knowledge so i don't know that there is no god Mm mm-hmm but for me, the default position is that you could probably assume that there's not, but I don't know that there's not. So agnosticism is acknowledging that you cannot know that position. But it's also like for me, the default position is that there probably is not a God. So that's crazy as shit, first of all. Okay, go ahead. Because you have spent obviously a lot of time Too trying much time. to figure out. I don't. That's where I disagree with you. Because there's agnosticism and then there's gnosticism. Because people will say like, "Oh, you don't know that there's a god. You're agnostic." No, that's not how it works. Agnosticism is a 
position on whether or not you know what you know. So Gnostics claim to know that they know. Agnostics claim that they know, but they're not sure that they know, essentially. Right. So, so that makes ahead. sense. That makes sense. You tell me I'm crazy. Go ahead. Tell me why I'm crazy. Well, first off, I want to say that I applaud you for the amount of time you spent thinking about it because too much. I don't think I don't think enough people try to because it's here's why. Much. Here's why. Sure. To me. Sure. You can't take that next step in figuring out yourself mm-hmm. without going and trying to answer those questions for yourself. And the fact of the matter is, is that you mm-hmm. being different than me, being different than anybody else, is going to potentially make take more time to figure that out for yourself mm-hmm. but the fact that you're taking those steps and you're making the effort to try to figure that out i believe is the most important thing because if you're not trying fuck what are you doing i agree right truth should be the ultimate pursuit for me my current perspective so uh, let me let me back up a little bit to your first question well i was gonna say i define myself so how do you define yourself i don't have a definition okay right so you've spent a lot of time it seems like trying to fit your belief structure into the current known definitions of religions, right? You've come up with secular humanism. I would say and... philosophy, but sure. Okay, yes. Th- that's yes. fine. Yep. I have not spent the time you have spent yeah. in the language, if you will, okay. of what things are. What I do currently believe right now is that God in and of itself is you. You can only know yourself and God is only the best version of yourself. And you have to take the time and effort to try to figure out what that actually means to you. So what is the best version of yourself? Is it um, your pursuit in your job, your professional life, your personal life? Is it the best version? Like, what is the best version of you ultimately? Now, what I do to try to achieve that is I take the time or try to take the time to read and study about different humans and, and even fictional people throughout history. Sure. And I take certain aspects of the pe- those people that I like and I move that into what I try to achieve for myself. For So for an example, what I would say is Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, you've known me. Yeah. You've known me forever, oh, obviously. Since please, I love Teddy Roosevelt. The, thing that I, the, the number one thing that I take from Teddy Roosevelt that I want to try to strive and achieve every single day is something called the strenuous life. Putting yourself through these whether they be mental exercises, whether they be physical exercises, but continuing to push the boundary of what is stressful to yourself and your body. So number one, physically, you get to a point to where, you know, you might not be able to only run a mile today, but if you continue to push that boundary and continue to push and push and push, at some point you're going to grow and you can only grow through stress. So there's value in stressing the self. Correct. The problem that we have today Mm -hmm. is that we all view stress in the wrong light so stress for a lot of people right now is paying the bills it's, it's negative right it's paying the bills it's right. getting my work done at job it's whether or not i get laid off is it's you know things like that whether or not and i my, get laid even that sure sure what i'm talking about with stress is what am i doing to continue to challenge my mental emotional <clears throat> spiritual and physical capacity because without pushing those boundaries i don't know who i am if i sit on the couch every single day i'm never going to know whether or not i could run a marathon Mm-hmm. If I never read that 500-page book, I'm never going to know what I don't know out of that book. i got to sure. take the time, and I've got to push myself, and it's going to be hard, right? But without that difficulty, it's not worth achieving. So that's okay. just one kind of tiny aspect that I'm going to take from somebody like Teddy Roosevelt, and I'm going to try to apply to my life to become the best version of myself. And to me, God, quote-unquote, is the best version of you. That's what you're always striving to achieve. <clears throat> so where I'm, this is where I'm going to try and pick it apart. Okay. Because I like that. 
Sure. I understand that definition. God is like this maximal ideal of, and I would say not only the self, but of society as a whole. Okay. I stop at self because... That's fair. Until I figure out myself, there's no way I'm impacting society. Sure. Sure. <laughs> that's that's just fair. Me. That's fair. But my question would be, do you believe in a literal God or a literal afterlife or a literal soul? Because that's... Cause you mentioned to me that, like, okay, let's sit down. Let's talk about meaning and purpose. Yeah. Right? These are very relevant questions to mm-hmm. me. So I understand that you have a functioning idea of, like, okay, that's what God is to me. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's how I can maximize my well-being or myself or whatever you want to call it. But, like, do you have a literal belief in a higher power? Do you have a literal belief in some sort of conservation of the self after death? Like... Where is your definition that that falls into that category? Because to me, that like as coming into this conversation, and like this is, you know, this could be just for me, but those questions are very pertinent in terms of meaning and purpose. Sure, um, I'll disagree with you on that because I don't think you need to know. Well, I guess that's not necessarily what you're saying either. You're not saying that you need to. You don't know need that to there know. Is or isn't a god in order to derive But your position purpose. on whether or not those things are true or not true. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Have you yeah, considered I'll, these things? Do you ask these questions? Do you not? I, t- I try to. Right? Okay. And the sure. whole point of this podcast, sure, for me, right? It's called Caleb versus Self. It's for me to have sure. conversations so that I continue <clears throat> to push the boundaries of what I know and what I understand. Sure. Right. Obviously, iron sharpens iron, steel sharpens steel. If you're not having these difficult conversations, you're never going to figure out what you don't know. True. So. And I respect that. To that point, right now, I do not believe in a literal God. I okay. don't believe in. Preservation of the self, any sort of idea of the soul. Not currently. Okay. Okay. Not currently. It's interesting that you leave that door open because you say not currently. So the reason why I continue that to implies that like door a open, little sh- bit of hesitation. Absolutely, sure. but how many people in your life have you met that are a hundred percent certain? Well, of- I don't want to meet those people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't. So, I don't. So I will always leave that that's door fair. cracked open. I respect that. But right now, if you're going to sure. ask me flat out, sure. I, I don't believe in that. Because for me, when you talk about meaning and purpose, and like, <clears throat> I don't. I. So Jordan Peterson is one of, when I was trying to flesh out the ideas I have about this topic, and again, like I've spent way too much time considering these things. Uh, Jordan Peterson is a name that comes up a lot for me because he talks a lot about meaning and purpose, but he Mm -hmm. talks about it in a context of a literal God that implores us to be our best self. You know what I mean? Like... And I, I do think it matters. The reason I like Jordan Peterson, and I don't like the fact that he's religious, but I I understand where he's coming from. Because, like, okay, consider the fact that more and more American society, European society, I would say most societies, are becoming more irreligious in general. Yeah. We're sort of, like, slowly divorcing ourselves from these religions. What kind of impact does that have on society in general? And is that a positive or negative impact, right? If there is no ultimate grounded sort of like preservation type meaning, 
in terms of the self, in terms of society, are you left with anything that's tangible when that goes away? Like for me, like we're, we're slowly phasing out religion. Let's talk about America in, in particular. Sure. That's we, live we live here. Yeah. We are Americans. <clears throat> it seems to me that like when religion sort of slowly gets pushed out, people are pushed more towards the instant gratification. People are pushed more towards the pleasures every day. And there's less of the self-sacrifice. There's less of the <clears throat> let me sacrifice my comfort of today to have a better next month, better next year. Would you say that we are losing the strenuous life? Yeah, yes, <laughs> you're right. Yes. For me, because that's where it matches right into what you're talking about. So for you, like the strenuous life is irreligious. It is just an acknowledgement of a sacrifice of the pleasure of today for the betterment of next month or next year or what have you, mm -hmm. or next week or tomorrow even. But it seems that when you root that in religion, when you root that in like there was this creator who knows you personally created you sent you down here you have a purpose you know what i mean when you when you discard all of that underpinning does that detract from being able to have a strenuous life right or no i don't think it does you don't think it does no do you think for the general populace it does i think to answer your question or to kind of continue on that path i think the problem is is as you get rid of religion we have to go through a learning curve right mm -hmm. as humans when was the last time we were without religion That's when we were nomadic there's gonna be a steep learning curve <laughs> sure. right and typically sure. at the beginning of any <clears throat> large change is gonna be a negative curve so right now because okay. that's not a thing i hear right? you there's gonna be a quick move to like instant gratification there's gonna be the move to being happy right now, gluttonous, sure. Sure. all, all the, the, the seven deadly sins in some kind of weird way. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think as time goes on, as the next generation comes or the next one comes after that, they're going to look back and be like, you guys literally didn't have a purpose. You didn't do shit. Mm -hmm. Like, what did you do mm -hmm. as a generation? And those people are going to go back and look and say, okay, how can we derive purpose and meaning without religion, without a God, if you will? And I think what you're ultimately going to find like a hundred years from now, maybe a thousand years from now, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm an idiot that's talking in my basement. So what the fuck do I know? Sure. What I think if I had to guess is going to happen is ultimately they're going to be invested more in the society and in the group as a whole. And that's where they're going to derive that meaning, purpose and identity from. Is that as it could be just as bad or just as good as religion was or wasn't. Okay. I listen, it I'm can not go, saying it can go both ways, right? Just sure. like religion can go both You're ways. Correct. Yes. There are good churches out there or good mosques or good, you know, temples or good groups of people that do believe in that. And there's also really shitty ones. Mm -hmm. Right? That's a thing. Mm -hmm. So okay. I just think that right now we're on that immediate negative downturn. Yeah, it's very new. Of it's the newness new. of what's happening. It's very new. That's fair. Um but I will say that okay so let's let's remove religion altogether sure right let's just take you know naturalism as the core of our worldview okay we were a 
accident. Like, life developed. Mm -hmm. It developed into multicellular. It developed into mammals, which eventually developed into intelligent software species who are aware of all these facts, Mm -hmm. who are aware of the life cycle of the sun, and who are aware of the expiration date of the universe, right? Yep. We are aware of these things. And again, like, you know, these are assumptions we make when you just assume that the naturalism is all there there is. If you assume the naturalism is all that there is, you have to acknowledge the fact that suns have an expiration date. Mm -hmm. Galaxies have an expiration date. Black holes have an expiration date. They call it the heat death of the universe, right? All of our labor will fade to dust. Now, again, let's... If nothing changes. No, you can't escape that. You don't know that yet. It's a very good presumption that science has right now. Sure, but what if... That you had the Big Bang. Let me go with the huge... You had an explosion of energy. Sure. All of these things have expiration dates. I'm not disagreeing with you on any of those things. Okay. But what we don't know Mm -hmm. at this time is whether or not there is a multiverse. Okay. And whether or not there's not a way for us to send a part of ourselves in some way, shape, or form to another multiverse. You don't know that just yet. It still breaks down. Yeah. You just because keep as far as... Multiverse is my <laughs> to a younger and younger universe. Have you ever time? watch, uh, what was it, Jet Li? Was it the one? Are you going to be the guy that hops to that multiverse? <laughs> of course not. And is any of the labor, if somebody hops to a multiverse, is any of the labor we do in this universe worthwhile if that person's just jumping ship? Yeah, I think it's worthwhile. I think it's worthwhile because as far as we understand sun life cycles, mm-hmm. our sun is going to expand to a red giant in about 3 billion years. Yeah. Consume our planet. Right. If we haven't hopped and like if an asteroid hasn't hit us before then or Sure, there's a lot more likely things that away but Sure. But my point is or if we is haven't like combined into the Andromeda galaxy <laughs> and just right. just rips apart the Milky Way and and turns into another giant galaxy. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My point is, is if we don't figure out how to hop multiverses or reverse time somehow, yeah, everything fades to dust. Mm-hmm. How do you check that fact with the fact that you still want to build something for tomorrow? Because it is also an emotional investment in my own future, meaning my children. Short term. Short. It might be short term, but I. What do I give a fuck about four billion years? I mean, now? that's fair. But that's what, that's for me. I'm that's, a human. My lifespan is going to be at most, I mean, realistically, I'll probably go with 55. But at, you know, <laughs> 55. we're talking 80, we'll work 75, 80. Sure, sure. What do I give a shit about 3 billion years from now? Let's shoot for 60. And let's be honest here. <laughs> for you. That's how most humans <clears throat> view things. We don't look at things in You're the right. universal scale. We don't talk about, oh, shit. We only have three billion years left until Listen, the sun consumes our planet. What are I, we gonna do? <laughs> like nobody talks like that, except right. for maybe like Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? Or those guys. Sure. You know, we don't. You're saying that fact doesn't matter. I'm saying to me specifically, it to doesn't, you, matter doesn't matter to my future or my self preservation. And I agree you with will. you. I agree with you. It's a shitty way to look at it, but but to me, the ultimate expiration date does imply that. At some point, none of it will matter. Mm -hmm. And when you remove 
a sentient creator that cares about your personal existence from that equation, it does kind of take a bit of a toll on like the motivation or the perseverance. And it places more of an emphasis on the self-gratification, mm-hmm. on the day-to-day, on the pleasure right now rather than sacrifice and the pleasure two weeks from now. To me, like there is, is, there's definitely a shift happening away from, oh my God, there's a creator of the universe that personally cares about me. The world's 3,000 years old and when I die, I'm going to be swept up into some gold street, uh, never be sad again type of existence into the heavens. Like mm-hmm. there's definitely a concept... You know what? I'll say this. There's a reason that those beliefs cropped up in the first place. Sure. As a survival tactic. So let's talk about what right? you're discounting. Would you agree with that, though? Absolutely. 100%. Okay. To to be able to, and I'm using air quotes here, to be mm. able to explain the unexplained. Yeah. Right? If you go farther back than Christianity, you had, for example, Native Americans that believed in sure. a number of things, uh, you know, spirits and whatnot, or, sure. or go back to the Egyptians, which isn't before Christianity necessarily. Well, I guess it is. It is definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a l- old Well, I always think of, right, the Old sure. Testament as a part of Christianity when really it's kind of not. It's yeah, just stories. But, turns out Jews might not have been <laughs> in Egypt, but that's either way, the point. <laughs> either way, you look at Egyptians where they had a sun god, they had yes. the god of death, they Ra. had all these different gods, sure. right? Yep. Romans, Greeks, uh, there's a bunch but of examples. But they were functional beliefs for that society. But they explained Why the do they exist if they're not necessary? Well, they at the time, they explained okay. the unexplained. Okay. Why does the sun come up? Oh, well, the sun god Ra takes care of that for us because sure. if not that... We're fucked for like you know. That's is it just, kinda just it explaining the unexplained, or is it also confronting a fear of expiration in terms of the self? It could because like oh well, no, because the most su- animals gonna... in the wild yeah. are not self-aware of the fact that they will die. They see things die. They try and avoid death, mm-hmm. but they're not necessarily aware that they themselves, no matter what they do, will die. Human beings are struck with that fact as early as they learn it. You are a human being. You will have a life, and you will go away. That's just that's a necessary fact of life. Yeah, I you don't think that, that... the Lion King. <laughs> it's a circle, circle of life. Of life. That's <laughs> right. That's right. You got damn right. But you don't think that like yes, it does explain the unexplained. But you don't think it also addresses the fear of that expiration. I think it does, but like it, it sort of gives you like this, and you know, I mean. Man, I'm, I'm. This is the thing that I enjoy about this is that you might end up in a circle and you you have to figure something out. But yeah. let me backtrack a little bit and let me talk sure. about what I feel like you're discounting when it comes to people and uh, purpose or purpose that they get from religion specifically. There's a difference between that long term, like how would you call it, self edification? No, not self edification. The the where what you do is here for a millennia or matters for, right it matters well sure but what matters more is what i do right now that makes me feel good that ups my dopamine that ups my serotonin or whatever those crazy chemicals in your body mm-hmm. that make you feel good about yourself there's a difference between what i get from instant gratification as opposed to two weeks of working my ass off and then achieving the goal right but it's, you get this hit of feeling that, yes. that emotional feeling and that's important to me i'm striving to get to that but w- feeling without the context of this greater picture like your soul persists 
things will carry on type of idea. Do you not think that without that, why not just default to the self-gratification all day, every day until you fucking die? Let's smoke weed and masturbate until like my heart just gives out, right? Like, But people do that. That happens today. Would you, is that an existence that you would say is something you would be happy with? No, which is why I try to live the strenuous <laughs> life. <laughs> right, but... And this is where I, I have the disconnect because for me, I've come a very long way from being a Baptist Christian, which mm-hmm. is like, and like, we weren't just Baptist Christian. We had a particular strain of just crazy Baptist. It was, Christian. you know what it was? It was a weird, uh, <laughs> go ahead, cultish Southern Baptist <laughs> feeling. Yes. In the North. In the North. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Which is like, as North as you can get, we're next door like to Canada. Like, when I stepped out, of, yeah. of that i went to the army and then i went to church mm-hmm. outside of the army mm-hmm. i was like oh wait a minute did you i've gone to my girlfriend's church a couple times and it I'm, is such a different breed of christianity it's wild so i've done a few things i remember in basic training i spent about five weeks five you know sundays in a row so when you're basic you can you can participate in religious services okay every sure sunday sure uh and they ask you, and you have the freedom. They they don't have the ability to tell you. You can only pick one. So for me, it was like a religious buffet. <laughs> for the first five weeks, <laughs> sure. I went to mosque. What? Are you serious? 100%. Yeah. Now, did you go into mosque thinking, let me seriously consider that? Or did you go into mosque thinking, well, this would be interesting? So first, my thought was, I'm going to mosque because they're the only ones that serve donuts. <laughs> okay. But nobody else had the balls to go there. So self gratification. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you're in the middle of Fort Knox, Kentucky. Yeah, sure. You're literally getting, you know, training to deploy to Iraq sure. to fight people who share the same beliefs as the person that <sighs> I'm going fair. to talk to. I get that. That's honestly, you're just doing opposition research. <laughs> First, it was the donuts. And then the donuts, okay. sure. Yeah. Number two was a personal curiosity. Uh, just like I, I was talking that. about earlier, my senior year of high school, I spent a lot of time trying to read up on Islam as a religion itself because I wanted to better understand not just the religion, but the people that you'll be interacting with. Obviously, just like our society is heavily impacted with Christian values and 100%. beliefs and traditions, yeah. theirs are impacted by Islamic values. And you might gain more sympathy with somebody if, you know, at the very least, you're like sympathetic towards their beliefs for sure you definitely if they get that feeling from you yeah, yeah you can definitely get salam alaikum yeah i mean i would say that everybody else in my unit would say salami bacon motherfucker <laughs> oh my God. yeah it's not how you win no it's not how you win over the locals it was a strategy called winning hearts and minds <clears throat> they didn't do a whole lot of that yeah i love them bacon. i love them if these guys ever listen that i love you guys but we definitely <laughs> said shit like that all the time Sure. Um, so there was that, and then I did the Catholic thing for a few weeks. Interesting. And then I went to Protestant, but it was it was non denominational Protestant, which is very different. It's much more. It is very different. It's much more laid back. It's much more. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I I have a hard time like describing it, but the difference between that and what we did growing up, which is this weird, bro cultish southern baptist in the north where we went to church minimum mm-hmm. three times a week we That's had correct. several devotions wednesday night saturday night sunday morning and sunday night there's a sunday night service we would go to as well i remember the saturday nights there was a sunday night there's a sunday night 
Was there even a Saturday night? No. Am I misremembering? We did things on Saturday night with the church. Okay. But there wasn't like a sermon. Okay. Whereas there was a sermon. There was three morning services. Oh, God. Sunday morning. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. And we would go to the first one, but be there till the last one. Jesus. We would go home. We would watch. Dad would watch football if we didn't go out to eat with the whole that's correct yeah. church group and just spent like way too long at a restaurant it was for yeah, some yeah. poor server to be like can Get you guys fucking fuck leave yeah. please uh, i have I remember, a table of 18 people i remember you need specifically to leave. it was the old country buffet yeah was the was the top choice for everybody applebee's was in there applebee's was mixed in there but old country buffet was a hard <laughs> number one and we as kids, because there's a bunch of us as kids, Zach yes. Warner, yep. uh, Andrew, Andrew Homequest. All the Homequests. Like, oh, yeah, everybody yep. was there. We would all get the okay from our parents to go over to the Toys R Us. Toys R Us. Oh, my God. Just and run. we would screw around in Toys R Us for like Play the hour. video games that they had on display. Like the yeah, newest the PS1. system. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's the first time we played Spyro. Boy! Was the demo version. That's correct. And, and um, mm-hmm. Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Oh, Bless the original. That's correct. Anyway. Um, no, let's talk more about Tony Hawk Pro Skater. <laughs> I remember us playing the demo version of that and only the demo for like the longest time because we couldn't buy the game. <laughs> right. Because we was too poor. Anyway. Um, it's a hard life. I, I completely <clears throat> lost track of where we were. But So going back to the whole religious You're thing. You're just talking about like different flavors of I was I was trying different flavors of religion. Yeah. Not just Christianity, but religion. A denominational buffet. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think going through all of that also kind of opened my eyes a little bit more to the fact that nobody agrees on any of this shit. No, well, not that it's, it was, I'm meeting all these people who are so dead set in this idea that their religion yeah. is the right religion. Hardline. Hardline. And I don't want to say hardline in a sense of like they were crazy, but hardline in the sense that like they would this is, Yeah. Yeah. This, this is, is the truth. Yeah. There are other people. They just have the wrong truth. Yeah. They That's just don't have my truth. That's correct. Yeah. So for me, the struggle was trying to um, rectify how all of these different religions are telling you that they're the right religion. Yeah. How is this possible? And for me, it goes back all the way to. Uh, human error you know a lot sure. of these religions start or have something to do with jesus i'm guessing abraham actually well i'm talking specifically about jesus okay jesus christianity, yeah christianity sure but jesus was a prophet in islam he was um, yes jesus correct. was not recognized well, so as it is abraham then because abraham well, is sure. recognized by the jews he's yeah. recognized by the christians he's recognized by the muslims sure they disagree about the prophet that's the key difference. Yes. The Jews don't think he showed up yet. The Christians think it's Jesus. Not the prophet. The second coming of Christ is what they disagree about. No. Yes. No. The Jews don't believe that. They don't believe Jesus was a prophet at all. Yeah. Oh, okay. The Christians believe he you're, was a prophet. You're right about that. The Muslims think he was a religious leader, but not the prophet. Let me let me pull that back. Let me pull that back. Okay. The Jews believe that he was a nobody. Yeah, he was a fanatic. The Christians believed he was the second coming of Christ. He was literally God. The Muslims believed he was a prophet. Yes. Not oh. not God himself or Allah, but a prophet of Allah. Sure. The problem is, is that Muhammad came after Jesus. Yes. And the followings of the current traditions, if you will, to my understanding at least, of Islam or Muslims are 
mostly based on the prophet Muhammad, not the yes. prophet Jesus. Jesus was a prophet, but he was not the son of God. Correct. Yes. Yep. Right. Yep. If you went back into a time machine and talked to Jesus, what do you think he was? Like, the, to me, that's where the kind of the disconnect was. Or even Abraham, that's where the disconnect is, is people disagree about what this guy believed or said or did. Um, what if you went back and just found out he was just some motherfucker that was like, hey, treat everybody nice. And people argued over power specifically <laughs> on interpreting what that means. because that has to be more because as time Does it? Because as time goes on... Schizophrenia was undiagnosed for a large amount of human history. Sure. You have somebody coming along saying a lot of very nice yeah, what things if he that was? are progressive. What if you went back and Abraham was a schizophrenic? He almost certainly was. I mean, the burning bush. Let's talk about that. That's what I'm saying. He almost killed his son on a mountain and said God told him to do it, but stopped him at the last minute. Allegedly. <laughs> Because there's no evidence of that. The only evidence we have is this Are the book, stories, sure. Right, is stories, right? I I told you a story the other day where I shot a moose in my backyard right here. Doesn't mean it's fucking true. Interesting. We're not that close to Canada. Come on, dog. There's moose in New York, though. You didn't actually... You didn't... <laughs> Go ahead. Take a long <laughs> sip. Take a long sip from your cup of lies. <laughs> but that's my point, though. I understand what you're saying. What I'm saying is that almost every human society has had a belief system of a sort that was supernatural in origin. But isn't that the easiest way to derive power from the masses? I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. Can't tell me it's not part of it. I think it turns into that when people who are in power realize the utility of religious belief. But I think the initial disposition to believe that the self preserves after death to believe that humans have a very important place in this universe these are necessary beliefs for the cohesion of society almost and i'm saying that as somebody who is not a religious man right it seems to me that when you're talking about meaning and purpose, when you're talking about the day-to-day of the self, when you're talking about the day-to-day of the individual who just is just... And again, what did you say earlier? The quiet desperation, right? Oh, the strenuous... Oh, the quiet desperation of man? Of man, yeah. yeah, of, yeah. of people, I would say. It's, it's, it's this recognition that life is a continuous battle with just recognizing and developing purpose and meaning and like falling short of that right because like between me and you who are at this current moment irreligious we understand the value of meaning and purpose right but how much and i have this in my notes let me flip my page if i may (laughs) sure um let's see here here's what i have at the top right is a self-driven life possible without ultimate meaning and purpose so for me like when you believe in a god when you believe in a creator when you believe in somebody that's invested in your life and everybody else's life around you it is easier to have a passion for life for that meaning and purpose when there is that belief underpinning it when you remove that underpinning belief, that that passion that comes with like pursuing that meaning and purpose 
it's almost diluted a bit because it's entirely self-contrived. You have to, as somebody who is irreligious, you have to develop that passion for that meaning. Not only do you have to develop that meaning and purpose, you have to develop a passion to pursue that meaning and purpose entirely on your own. That's a very difficult thing to do. I could sit here and talk to you for an hour about the things I feel I, I feel very strongly about in terms of like where we should be going in terms of society, where I should be going as a person, where the things I should be pursuing as a person, the thing we should all be pursuing as a society. But the passion isn't inherent, right? You don't you don't fall in love with life naturally on your own when you're totally deriving everything that is meaningful yourself it's a very hard thing to do religion comes in and it does it for you do you see what i'm saying like i i'm i have i have a great many strong convictions about things Mm -hmm. but if you were to ask me if i were to pursue those things to their maximal potential every single day of my life no of course i don't there are plenty of days where i just fucking i'm a piece of shit (laughs) <laughs> I'm a, right. there's more days than I'd like to admit where I am just like I'm looking for the instant gratification I'm looking for just like anything that gets me through the day but I know the things that I would love to be the greater purpose of my life of my self-direction and like the passion's not there but you're saying the passion's not there because there's no meaning in self-preservation or because that there is no afterlife or there is no soul there's that no, it doesn't matter there's no ultimate grounding meaning to everything if you know what i'm saying and i'm not saying it's not possible i'm saying it's harder it's harder when you have to derive that entirely on your own there are a million things i would love to do i'm so self-aware of the limited time that i have on this planet i'm so self-aware of the things I should be doing, the, the relationships I should be building with my friends and my family, the, the, the projects I want to be pursuing. But without that ultimate grounding purpose, it's really hard to find the passion. I can find the meaning, I can find the purpose, but to find the passion to truly pursue those things to their fullest extent, it's lacking. And again, I don't know if that's necessarily because I'm irreligious, but it seems to me the people who are who have steadfast convictions in their worldview and who are religious and who aren't like crazy fundamentalists, right? Who sure. aren't out there like protesting abortion clinics. Like they just, they just, to them, like I'm here for a purpose. I know that there's a creator. I know that creator cares about me. I know what I believe in. These are the things I'm going to pursue. It comes a lot easier. Somebody who doesn't have that, it seems to me, it's harder to find that passion, to find that conviction, to find, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I see that as a cop out. That's a cop out. I think religion is a cop out to finding that passion, purpose, and meaning. Yeah, but it's a shortcut. It's not a shortcut if you don't do shit with it. How many people that you know are that religious that don't have any passion, or anything, but they have religion? There's just as many people in that same type of boat. So to me, Maybe. putting that in that same I don't sphere know if that's true. is like a false positive. I to don't me. know if that's true. All right. Well, let's use uh, our <clears throat> mother for example. <laughs> Um, and then counter that, let's use our dad. I love both of them. I love both of them, but I think those two specifically You're prove right. my point. That's anecdotal, but you are right. It there. might be anecdotal. Dad, is, for, if dad anyone... is irreligious. Just let's just clarify. Dad is yeah, irreligious, yeah. and he has a lot more conviction for the things he wants to pursue. And passion. And passion. You're right. 
there's a little every time Go I ahead. talk to him, there's a little tinge of like, I just keep going because I have to. I mean, sure. there's like that little underpinning of but, like nihilism. But, but he's but you're acknowledging right, because mom, it, because mom, and he's still deriving some yes, sort of purpose and driving mom, through that. Mom is super religious. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have that same drive. None passion whatsoever. Correct. Does that <laughs> apply general? I wouldn't say none. Hey, it worked. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, just a brief <laughs> pause there. Just making sure that Audacity was up and running. But anyway, to go back to what we were just talking about, right? Anecdotally, yes. Anecdotally, yeah. Dad is irreligious, super passionate person. That's correct. Mom is very religious, not as passionate of a person. So I guess my point in saying... I would say driven. Sure. My point in saying that, though, is that you don't have to have have religion to get passion. I think that's more of a you issue and less of a like religion issue. I think that you have to figure out what actually drives you. And I think that's what you've been trying to focus on. That's what you've been doing all this reading and doing all this research for us to try to figure out that answer. So let me ask you then, being an irreligious man at this current moment. <laughs> Talk to me tomorrow. And having <laughs> having very strong opinions about yourself mm-hmm. and your family yep. and your society. I think so. Fuckers. <laughs> Listen, most of them are all right. <laughs> How would you describe your passion towards getting things done on a day-to-day basis? It's a grind. It's what I would call uh, the strenuous life. A conflict between what? Putting in the self-sacrifice to do the things you want to do? Or what's what's the grind? The grind. Find the grind for The me. grind first and foremost. For me, it's the Maslow of hierarchy of needs, right? Mm. Okay. Obviously, I have life. I have shelter. I have water. I have food, right? I have the simple things. Sure. But... Right to compound on that, I have to maintain that. I have a mortgage. I have an electric bill. I have to make sure those things are taken care of before I can pursue my passions. So first and foremost, I have to go to work. Work does not uh, derive that sense of passion for me. I was going to say I can't imagine basis. you're super passionate about work. Uh, my last position at my job, I was interesting, okay. and that was because I had a hand in helping to craft and mold and develop people in their paths in life. Specifically professionally, but some of them personally even. I admire that that's something that gave you passion. Because I don't know if I would have the patience to do that. There's a big payoff, my guy. Okay. And for for every 15 duds, there's a... There's a gem, right? The There's you're always gonna have diamond it. in the rough. But sure. but I also derive just as much satisfaction and victory, if you will, and passion mm. in getting the person that I know doesn't want to do anything I tell them to do to at least get them on the same page. They might not be the most stellar employee, but I took them from a pile of nothing, mm-hmm. of just pushback, of headaches, of blah blah blah. I would literally go to my boss and say, put that person on my team. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be A1 performers, but they're going to get the job done. And and the thing that I got out of that specifically was being able to take perspectives of people and reshaping our business to meet what they're trying to do. Mm. And it's kind of weird in stating that, but one of the things I would use is I call circular logic. It's probably not the correct term at all, to be clear, but it makes sense in my head. Now, the, the thing is, is, I talk to somebody who does X job. I'm asking them to take 15 more minutes out of their day to do function we'll call C, this function C. All they see is 15 more minutes of bullshit that they have to deal with. Sure. Right? 
What I explained to them, though, is that if you do function C in X job, job Y, which is impacted by function C... A lot of letters. Okay. Sure. Now becomes 50 minutes shorter. Okay, I'm following you. Because it's 50, 50 minutes shorter, person X, who has to do function C, now just gained 50 more minutes right, of right, the day. Right, right, right. So, yes, I'm asking you to do 15 more minutes of work. But if you do it for the next week or two, Properly. you're going to earn back sure. extra time to, to not have to deal with bullshit. So that was one of the methods, if you will, that I got satisfaction out of or I got I got to use to have a more self-fulfilling purpose in my job function. Today, I don't have that. I have a new job. I do. Um, I'm a project manager. So sure. a lot of that is just chasing down people for <clears throat> deadlines and Asking why the hell they didn't do something when they were supposed to. Sure. But I have to do that to pay the bills. Once I pay the bills, though, I can then focus on what gives me meaning and purpose. And for me right now, it's pursuing this, having these conversations. But secondarily, the other thing that I always have to do is exercise. Sure. I go for these crazy long runs when I haven't done any exercising for months. I'll just get off the couch and be like, I'm going to run nine miles. Okay, so let's pause right there. Sure. Right? Let's expand on that. Okay. Because this, to me, is the crux of the argument. And we could take religion out of it if you want. I do think it plays a part. You can present it how you want. let's, Let's focus on this point because I think this is important. What causes those shortfalls for mm-hmm. months? Mm-hmm. And, more importantly, what causes the fire on your ass for however many days you're like, you know what, I need to fucking do this? Because to me, how we proceed as a human society is incredibly dependent on how we are able to motivate ourselves to, to self-sacrifice in the moment to pursue those greater uh, returns in the long run so so where why the shortfalls the grind what's the grind well real quick why the shortfalls and then why the sudden pursuit of greater good yep so go ahead what's the grind the shortfall is the grind the job i might have to put in extra hours this week i might have to sure deal with a much more strenuous situation that i did last week now i just i literally don't have the energy or the out. capacity to do the run or to do the lifting or to do whatever it is that I was going to do that week. You see Question. right behind you, there's a stationary bicycle. Yes. I'll spend three hours a week on it, just riding away, right? But if I'm too fucking tired at the end of the day because for whatever reason, you know, my job got to me, my dog shit on the floor, my kids are really upset this week for no reason at all, right? Sure. That happens. Same it thing does, I yeah. imagine with you. It might be in a different place. It might be because Milo, your dog, is just going bananas. And, and it's crackhead, just, yeah. It's, right. German Shepherds, it's, they're wild. It's crazy. Don't know why you got one. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> so that's what, to <laughs> me, me at least, if I, if I try <clears throat> to analyze it over the last five, six years, that's what gets me in the funk where I'm not doing what I should You've be doing. Because I will say. Sure. And, you know, that's totally valid excuse for you. I will say there are times where I have plenty of time. And that's not the thing that gets me stuck in a place where I, f- I do nothing. So let me go and farther I, back. I am so upset with myself let for doing that. Nothing. Okay, go ahead. Let me go, go farther ahead. back. Expand when on I this. When I didn't have kids. When I didn't have a dog. Here we go. When it was when I got out of the army and Skin I literally the had no excuse to do anything that's else. That's right. 
It's just a mental block. That's more important, I think. Because the just, grind matters. The grind does matter. Don't get me wrong. Sure. It's like, listen, you, you have kids. You have a full-time job. you got to provide. you got to maintain you a household. You have a dog that's literally on crack. You have to maintain a household. You have more responsibilities than me. Let's just get that out of the way right now. I do have a dog that's on crack cocaine. But, and, like, we're weaning him off of it, but God bless him. He's but right. if I go back, yeah. it's just the mental block. What's the mental block? Let's flesh that out. The What's val- the mental the, block? In this moment, what is the value and purpose of me doing X? Right. In this case, let's just use for an example, me running. Yes. Right. What it's, is the value is, of me getting off? Because it's generally thing. speaking a displeasurable thing to 100%. go for a six mile run. 100%. It is it is a struggle. Until uh-huh. until you're done with it. You take a nice hot then cold shower. <laughs> sure. You got a clean ass. Until you are hold on. Post struggle. Okay. Hold on. Clean ass. Clean ranger <laughs> panties. The silkies. Yeah. Yeah. You get into they your cup your balls very nicely. Clean bed. Yep. It smells like Tide or Febreze or whatever mm-hmm. your flavor is. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. sleep like you've never slept before. And you wake up and you're like, wow, do I feel fucking good. So you're saying post struggle. Post struggle. What gets you through current struggle? You mean like if I'm actively running you are, right now? You are not even a mile into your eight mile. I'm good and at you that you haven't point. run. Nope, I'm good at that point because I've already gotten my ass. That's not the hard part. That's, that's nope. bizarre to me. Nope. The hard part is getting my ass is off the literally couch and throwing, saying, hold on. And deciding to do it. Because remember, if I do this, number one, I got to spend an hour and 20 minutes or an hour and a half running. It's a while, yeah. Right? Yeah. I got to put wow. in the time. Yeah, sure. I got to go change. I got to tell my wife where I'm going. I got to not shit myself. Put, you got to do all these things just to get on the road before you even take the first step. So to me, the block is not the run. It's not taking the first step. It's not a mile. Because once up I'm to a line. mile away from my house, I'm in it. It's, I'm fucked anyway. I might as well do it. <laughs> that's that's the mentality. Okay. The block is getting to the door. Because I'm going to zero in on this. Sure. How do you get to the door? Why do you get to the door? What makes you decide to get to the door? For me... I will say, and again, I have to emphasize this. There's a million ways I feel about myself. I feel about the world. I feel about life in general. I have very strong convictions about all of these things. Mm-hmm. But the moment it, the moment it comes to rubber meets the road, is where I'll drop off a lot of the time. And like, again, the worst part is like I would rather be a piece of shit who's okay with being a piece of shit. <laughs> but I'm a piece of shit. Who's, who's not okay, not with, okay with being a piece of shit. Like, that is objectively worse. Yeah. Because I know the things I expect of myself, I expect of others, I expect of society. And then I myself cannot meet those standards. Actively, every single day. Not every single day, but a lot of the time. And it's more like, than you would like to admit. Way more than I'd like to admit. <laughs> and I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm, I just, I don't, how do, how do you reconcile these facts? I understand what I want to expect of myself and others, and then there's the reality of what I am. And I'm going to quote a terrible band from when we were young and far too deep in the oh, Christian no. culture on 104.9 K Love. Oh, get out of here! In Rochester, no. Reliant K. No, let's talk about it, right? No, it's super cheesy. <laughs> it's super cheesy. It's Reliant K, and it is uh, who I am hates who I've been. And it's apt. That's an apt quote, though. 
And it's a song I still kind of listen to. I'm not going to lie. Because because there's a, there's a good kernel of truth in that. Because there is who you are internally. And there is who you are externally yeah. in the world. Yep. Yep. So first I thought you were going to reference a different band. No. A different okay. person. Okay. I thought you were going to say... Guessing Crowns? Hot Topic oh, is not stop. punk rock. You can't reference MC Lars. MC Lars. There's uh, 12 people that know them. MC that's Lars. okay. That's okay. <laughs> now I'm talking about Relying K, who I am hates who I've been. Because so, that's apt. Like yeah, As yeah. much as I, like, I'm not even part of that scene anymore, that's an apt description regardless of whether or not you're religious. That's an apt description of the self. So let's say. let's expand upon that that specific title. Who I am. What was it? Who I am hates who, who I've I been. Who I am. Because you know who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is not happy with who you yeah actually so, act yourself out to be, and that's like bro, that's like ninety percent of my day to day. So for me, I know the expectations I have for myself, and I know s- what I am. You said, "How do I get off the couch?" And I'm gonna I'm gonna keep using the running. Go ahead, kind of. I'm image, fine with that. If you sure, will, right? sure. I'm sitting on the couch, and here's yep. what it is. Right, Monday, I just got back from work. I gotta take care. I gotta make dinner. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. I got kids. Tuesday. You do the same thing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You got a full day. I'm, I got to work. I got somebody's car broke down. I got to change the oil. I got to whatever it is, right? Things come up. Where it catches me is Saturday. Saturday afternoon. A free day. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> what am I going to do? Not what am I going to What have I done all day? Sure. Sure. And for me, I start hitting this point of, it's going to sound bad, but self-hatred. I, I literally look at myself and I go, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> you have no excuse. I gave you Monday through Friday. I gave you those days. You sure. had an excuse. Sure. You didn't feel guilty then, but you're sure you're going to feel guilty now. Because you ain't doing nothing. Alex, <clears throat> Alex took the girl, this is my wife. Alex took your kids, your girls, and they're out doing stuff. Mm-hmm. You're sitting on the couch. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. So Kill. there's a certain amount of self-hatred that I hit. <laughs> right, right. That's what gets me off there's the couch. There's a threshold. There's a threshold. And then what happens is, is I do the first run, and it hurts. Oh. My knees hurt. My hips yeah, hurt. because it's been a minute. I didn't drink enough water. In the sure. middle of the night, I get a leg cramp that literally wakes me out of bed, and I yeah. can't move my leg because I didn't hydrate enough. But then I do the second run. And I feel better. I feel a little more stretched out, a little more limber. I do the third one, and then the fourth one, and then I get into a nice little groove. Where do you stop? And where does the, the law set back in? The grind, right? You get to a point where your dog shit on the floor again. Sure. Your kids are screaming. Somebody steps See, in. See now, <clears throat> so but it's, I get that. it's circular, right? And the difficult thing is breaking that cycle. And I think that's what it is for most people. Okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. You have an idea of yourself. Mm-hmm. You have an expectation of yourself. You have an expectation of your own life. Sometimes. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> don't no, no, don't no, fuck just... with me. <laughs> you are constantly aware of how, like, everybody has an ideal self. And then they have the actual self. Why do you not maximize every single day? And it's not like, for me, like, okay, so when I talk about maximizing your day, it's not nose of the grind you should be working all the time like for me a maximized day is making time to 
longboard for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I love doing that. Sure. I don't make my, I don't get out there and do that enough. You know, there's a lot of work that comes along with that. But for me, it's also like spending time with Stacy, spending time with family, making sure I talk to dad and mom, making sure like there are plenty of expectations where like for me, a fulfilled life isn't just hard work. It's just like trying to be as active as possible and like engaging as much as I can with the life that I have. And then there's the actual level of engagement that I do. Why is there that disparity? And it's not just because like, oh, I'm tired. I, you know, like that's why I clarified. It's not just about hard work and nose of the grind. For me, it's about like just being more appreciative. Like, yes, hard work is is included in the ideal self. But also it's like, man, I wish I was closer to dad. Man, I wish I was closer to mom. Man, I wish I was closer to my brothers. Man, I wish I did more with my friends and my family. Man, I'm, I wish I like taught myself the piano like that would be an incredible but then there's just there's like the ideal self there's the actual self and there's an entire ocean in between and i'm sure that a lot of people feel that way i'm sure you feel that way is that accurate yeah absolutely minus the grind Mm -hmm. and i understand that's hard to like take it in that context there has to be times where like there's the ideal self there's the actual self and the grind isn't there why is there that disparity to me, it's because you don't have a a good enough support structure. From the self or from outside? From both. Okay. First, from the outside. And this is something that I think mo- 99% of people struggle with. And that is oh, building, 100%. building their tribe and having people in their lives that will hold them accountable. That will have those hard conversations with them. Why can't you hold yourself accountable? You can... But to start, you need someone, I think. Why? I mean, why the fuck haven't you been doing it then? I'm not saying this in a sense of like, I'm the pinnacle of this. Well, th- well I'm, I'm also ask. asking myself Sure, that but I'm going to ask. Why, if, that's if fair, it's that's that fair. simple, then why haven't you done it? No, I, I, because it's I don't not think that it's easy. that easy. You not that need easy. a support structure. There is so few people on this planet why is that the passion can just lacking? sit there. Why is the passion lacking? And is there a way to cultivate that passion? Because for is. me, I think there is. Yeah. For me, I don't think a lot of people have a problem with understanding what they should be doing. I think a lot of people have a problem maximizing their lives towards what they should be doing. And again, like I have to emphasize, it's not just oh you should be working all the time. Oh you should be depriving yourself of pleasure. No, like for me, maximizing my life is maximizing my pleasure and maximizing my work. And maximizing my friendships and maximizing my, like, so you know what I mean? It's, it takes it's a not balance. just hard work. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like it, realizing that there are plenty of things you can have pleasure in life with and that they are long term and they are short term. And like, wh- why is there such a gulf of difference between who we are and the things that we want to be? For, like, me, for me, I think religion plays a factor. Maybe I'm wrong. I think what you're missing, and this is a conversation actually Cyril and I had. <laughs> who I did the last podcast with. Sure. Before we turned on the microphones, of course, we talked about church, we talked about community, and that when you take away religion, what you've taken away for a lot of people is community, and that's where we fail. I would agree with that. When you take away that ability to talk to other people candidly about things like spirituality, like challenging each other to do X, Y, and Z. Like, I mean, you remember, we would go to church and people would be like, how many people did you talk to about the Lord this week? Oh, God. How many people come up to you, Chad, and say, have you done enough for yourself this week? How many people right now? 
in the last year say that to you. But when you go to church, they it's, do it every fucking week. Zero. <laughs> yeah, sure. So to Turn me, turn to your neighbor and shake their hand and say hello. To me, it comes down to community. What type of community have you built for yourself? Are the people in your community helping you so to achieve you. whatever the maximized version of yourself is? You're saying the the success of religion is because of the success of community. No, what I'm saying is the success of people, of individuals achieving whatever the their objective is, right? If you want to be the fittest person on earth, do you do it by yourself or do you go to a gym? Sure. If you want to be the best soldier on the planet, you're not out in the woods by yourself doing it. You're never going to be the best version of who you are when you do it by yourself. There's so few people on this planet, forget the planet, of all time, that could be the best version of themselves without anybody else. It just doesn't happen. We as humans can't do that. I think that number is probably zero. It it might be. I don't know. But my point is, is that if you're not actively building your tribe or your community, if you're not helping to push your counterparts the same way that you expect them to push you, then you're not going to get what you're looking for. And I think that when you build that community, when you start having those conversations, when you see what it's like to push each other to certain envelopes, that's when you develop or cultivate that passion for something. How many guys, and this is more specific to me, left the U.S. Army and still try to work out on a regular basis. Way more than any other group of people that got out of, let's say, college. Or even with college, right? How many football players? Because you've cultivated that habit, that that personality about you from being a part of that community for so long. To me, that's where it comes from. So the most important thing is, is if you want to be a writer, you should be fucking hanging out with writers all the time. If you want to be X, you need to be hanging out with that group of people who want to also do X in a lot of ways. Sometimes you got to start building that community yourself. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to be the one that reaches out to somebody and says, hey, you know, I know you like talking about X or I know you like longboarding. Would you mind longboarding with me mo- once a month? Mm. Right. And, and most of the time people are going to be like, yeah, I'll do it once or twice. And you're going to have to ask somebody else. And then you're going to have to ask somebody else because they're going to cop out on you. And cop out. But eventually you're going to find somebody who's willing to do it with you more often. And that type of persistence becomes infectious, Hmm. to me at least, Hmm. right? I think you're right. In a lot of ways, I'm hoping to do that with this podcast right now. Sure. I'm hoping to cultivate a group of people who want to continue to create similar types of content to me, and that way we can right, talk to each other, we can promote things, we can share what we've learned, we can continue to grow and push the envelope of what is possible because I'm not sitting in the basement monologuing completely by myself. Right. Not to say that that wouldn't work, but then you have to. Sure. No, no, no. It works better with people. I disagree. There's people who are phenomenal monologues, but when they're done, they go look for criticism. I would say the average person. They go look for feedback. Oh, sure, sure, sure. They're looking for that input. Right. There's still a community there. Sure. You know? To me, I feel like that's where a lot of that comes from. And that's where the disconnect from religion to whatever this ends up becoming without religion still needs a community. So religion's a shorthand for community. In a lot of ways. Okay. I would agree with that, but I would also say that religion is a shorthand for a greater purpose. And that might be the case. Because that's powerful. But it is. It is. Don't dismiss the power of a common greater purpose. But I get what you're saying. But that greater purpose. But to me. You're talking about like this universal greater purpose. And I didn't mean to roll my eyes when I said that. But like 
going to heaven and being, you know, doing all the things in religion. Sure. When I talk about being a tribe, you can develop that greater purpose, excuse me, with whatever it is that you're all doing. But the greater purpose is still there. Like to me, you would never had, you would never have had a nation state without a common religion. Because it is a shorthand for everybody to subscribe to a greater purpose and community. Period. Like, we don't move from the tribes in Africa and Europe in wherever the fuck. We don't move from those very tight-knit groups to these big socialized communities with city-states without that shorthand greater common purpose and community. Religion is the easiest way to do it. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It is this unalterable truth. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying it's true. Yeah, yeah. That we can all subscribe to. I also think that there's a possibility. How do we do that without religion? I think the the answer to that in my head, right? There's only two answers. Mm -hmm. You either become a cult, one world order. Oh, Jesus Christ. Mark of the Beast. Calling Alex Jones. Or or what I think is going to happen is that since we've gotten to a point where with industry, you can create so much with so little, right? I think that there's a possibility that we as humans revert back to tribes. And when I say tribes, I mean smaller groups of people who are able to do things, as opposed to these giant nation states that we all have to identify with, if that makes sense. Yes, but do you get to the moon without a nation state? Not then, but what about now? I think, I mean, Elon Musk is one dude who you. has a couple of companies. He's trying to go to Mars. Literally? Yeah, but everybody's... Almost by himself. But every... No. He, every he's single He's got help per, from NASA, sure. He's got help from all the engineers that were... Yeah, how many... Every, hold on, hold on. How many people? That's a lot. Yeah, how many? I would guess tens of thousands. Okay. How about in 1960 or 1950 when we started shooting shit up to the moon collectively? It's about the same. Tens of thousands, I would imagine. I feel like maybe it's more, more than, more, than it is more. now. You're probably right. Because the sci- we've already developed the science for it. We're just expanding upon it. And as time goes on, right, there's less and less to expand upon. And there's because you have such specifically um, educated and trained people, you don't need as many to get the same end result. Right. And that's also, in some ways, if you keep going with that, the argument for some people for, for universal basic income. I mean, sure. at some point, sure. like I'm not going to need people to for create you, shit. <clears throat> well, if I could get rid of the grind for you, or if I can lessen the grind to 20 hours a week, sure. you are more able to maximize. My like, potential as correct. a human being. Right, instead of your business's potential. Exactly. Right. So that's, I mean, that's not a fully fleshed out thought for me specifically, but I don't think work should go away. That's where I see. I agree with you. I don't think, I don't think work should go away, but if we could lessen, if we could lessen the amount that people have to dedicate to work, then you, you, you could do a better job of maximizing human potential. If I worked four hours a day instead of eight or 10. Yeah. Let's say you work 20 hours a week, five days a week, four hours a day. I but could again, do a whole lot with that. Would you? I would. Okay. I would. All right, we got them, boys. We got them. <laughs> Roll them in. I only say that I because agree. even now, right, I work, you know, 50, 40, 50 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to try and make it sound like I fucking... I work 80 hours a okay, week. Okay, but like... No, 
Maintaining a house and a family is yeah, another, yeah, yeah. what, 30 hours a week at yeah. a minimum, probably? Absolutely. But I also think there's a balance for a lot of people. There's going to be like that cutover, if you will. So if I went from that to four hours a day for five days a week, yeah, I still get up at eight in the morning. Sure. I can't say that if I had no work, I would get up at eight in the morning every day or seven or actually now I get up at six. But either way, I can't tell you that I would get up at six every morning if I didn't have a job. No fucking way. I would probably turn into a night owl. But if I have four hours of, of work a day, I come home at like 1230. I can go for a run. Maybe I can do some writing, set up my next podcast, things of that nature. Yeah, I think I would be much more productive and I would be in life would be so much more self-fulfilling. Hmm. Right. Hmm. Because at the end of the day, I enjoy these conversations and recording them and putting them up is just kind of like another step to it. But I would have more time to dedicate to this type of thought. Hmm. I would have more time to dedicate to all the books that are behind me. Do you think f- that applies to everyone? Do you, I, I wouldn't say everyone because that's an unfair question. Right. Do you think that applies to most people? I think most people have never had the opportunity to go this far anyway, so I don't know. Because hmm. most people don't think the way that you do necessarily. Most people aren't trying to grapple with the realities of purpose and self and meaning and being alive. Yeah. No, yeah. they're trying to pay their fucking bills, right? They're more worried about whether or not they'll be able to save enough for retirement. They're more worried about all these other things mm. that they take precedence because my immediate survival, I need that in order to be able to think at a higher level, right? That's what agriculture did for humans for fuck's sake. Sure. After agriculture, Security. we don't have to run around and only spend all of our time mm. hunting food. Yeah. We can work on other right. shit. We're not I wonder spending, if I can make a pot. We're not spending you know, 1,300 or... calories to get 1,400 calories. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. A day, 12 hours a day. In a lot of ways, we're still like that. Right? In a different but it's, way. But it's with dollars In instead of calories. Way. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Hey, wow. That's, that's a pretty apt comparison, honestly. I think that's where a lot of people are today, so... We're at a very pivotal point in human society, for sure. And the next 20 or 30 years are going to be very definitive. Whether we not just like piss away the entire <laughs> stability of the ecosystem of this planet and just crash ourselves into the ground, whether or not we are able to move ourselves towards, you know, a more self-sustaining, less work required, more individuality, more free will. <sighs> These are the conversations that are necessary. And these are the conversations that I hope to continue to have with you. I want to tell you how much I appreciate you coming out here. I got a lot more to say, so we got to do this again. But Having this conversation. Absolutely. Um, I don't want to completely cut you off at this point. So no, if you no, have more. Fine. No, no, no. I do have more, but I think we should revisit this. I have more. Fair. I have more in a very different way, so we'll revisit That's this. fair. That's fair. But so, I, do, I do very much appreciate the conversation because this is this is my bread and butter, bro. This is the <laughs> shit. This is the shit that I've been obsessed with since, like, you know. 13, well, we're definitely going to do this again. We're probably going to do this again in, in a couple more weeks. Sure. Um, I've got some other folks kind of lined up, but, but I have a feeling you and Cyril will probably be regulars on this for I, a little while. I hope that that's the case. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So I look forward to the next conversation. I appreciate the time. And for anybody that actually listens to this whole thing, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I don't and find God. Please find God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I said Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I appreciate it as always. Uh, until next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.